You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Thank you for that. Just a wonderful message right there in music. And thankful for that. All right, we are in Stewardship Month. And I unapologetically am coming this month, and I, we're going to talk about money. It's in the Bible. And there, there are, they say, 20% of the Bible speaks about money. You think about that. If I were to preach one out of every five messages on money, I would be labeled the money-grubbing preacher. But the reality is, it is a major part of our life. You stop and think about how much of your week goes into earning money. It's a big part of life. And if we don't get it right, it makes life miserable. The number one cause of divorce is financial arguments. Number one. Infidelity is in there, but infidelity isn't number one. Finances. And you think about just all of the problems. Think about the stress. When there's more month than there is money, there's a lot of stress, isn't there? And God has a plan for our resources. He's got a plan. This is the 12th stewardship month that we have had since I've been pastor. And with that, we're not going to give the same messages, but the reality is the same people are dealing with the same problems that they've always dealt with because they won't follow God's plan. We want a different outcome, but we want to do the same thing. I think there is a definition of insanity in there somewhere. And so this, this month, we're going to be talking about finances. It's a big part of life. And God has a lot to say about it. Now, if everyone put more money into the offering this morning... That would make me happy, but it's not going to change what I get. My salary stays the same. So my, my impetus and my reason for teaching you isn't because of what I will get out of it. It's what I know you will get out of it. And it's not just our offerings. It's how do we manage what God has given to us. And when we properly follow the recipe, the cookies are good. Have you ever, have you ever had uh, pulled a, a prank on somebody and you, they thought they were getting something that was like maybe some powdered sugar and it was flour? I was a youth pastor, so of course I did that. 
Uh, and so we would have, uh, we would put, uh, uh, we would put uh, on a paper plate, I would put red and uh, yellow and then green uh, markers on this plate. And then I would put uh, uh, lifesavers inside that. But then I would fill the plate with powder, uh, with flour. And the kids would have to go in with their mouth only and find the, the right uh, color uh, and then move it to the right dot just using their face. But there were multiple kids that would have to find them. So the first one in uh, would be the one that would get the first, uh, everything was clear. The next ones, they were slobbery, clumpy, nasty. Uh, That was pre-COVID, <laughs> uh, and so it was it was nasty. But uh, you know, you get a a mouthful of of flour, and it is no good. But you get a chocolate chip cookie, and man, it's great. You get all the right recipe and all the right ingredients put together, and it's worthwhile. You know, God is that way in our life. And in our life, the Christian life is the best life in all the world. It's the best life in the world. You know, I can lay my head on my pillow at night without having to wonder if somebody's going to find out. You say, well, pastor, find what out? Doesn't matter. I don't have to, to wonder when I drive by a police officer or he drives by me, are they looking for me? You know, just doing things God's way, there's all kinds of blessings. And we get to enjoy them. Now in this area of finances, this area of stewardship, let me encourage you, sort of put your hackles down your preconceived ideas. Pastor's just trying to get something out of me. I'm not trying to get anything out of you. But I know it has worked for us. And I have watched it work in so many people's lives over these years of serving the Savior. And I know it'll work in your life. But the Christian life is a life of faith. The just shall live by, let me hear you, the just shall live by faith. faith. Yeah, we'll live by faith. Well, pastor, I don't know. If I, if I did this, I just don't know how it's going to work out. I know, me either. But I know it works. We trust him for our eternal destiny, but we can't trust him with our everyday life. And at some point, if we are going to grow as a believer, we've got to say, okay, God, I'll let you be God in my life. And God doesn't want to be God in one area of your life. He wants to be God in all areas of our life. He said, I am a jealous God. And God, is, God will be second to nobody. He won't be second to, 
to ourself. He won't be second to a family. He won't be second to anything. And so we're going to be looking at stewardship. Now, the next four weeks on Sunday mornings, we're going to be looking at the steps of stewardship. The steps of stewardship. Today, as we look at the steps of stewardship, this first step of stewardship is going to begin with growing. Growing. I don't know about you, but I know I need to keep growing. You know, what, what happens the end of a year and the beginning of a new year, you start looking at, okay, these are the areas that I want to grow in. I want to uh, be a better husband. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better wife or a better parent, a better grandparent. You want to be a better employee. You want to be sharpened in the tools that, uh, of life and the experiences of life. And we look at it and say, okay, what can I do to grow? And the area of stewardship we all need to be growing because nobody has it all figured out. And God is a God that uh, gives us the opportunity to keep on growing. So let's look again at our text, Luke chapter 16. Keep your Bibles out. We're going to look at many uh, verses this morning, uh, but keep them out here. Luke chapter 16, look at the text, verse 1 and 2. And he said also unto his disciples, There was a certain rich man which had a steward. And the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. Skip down to verse number 10. We'll continue the, the event here. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Let's read that last little phrase together. You ready? Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Let's say that again. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. God is a good master. Money is not. Money is not. And here we find that there is, God ties in this person, the master who had a steward. And then he, he says that this steward had wasted his substance. He had taken something that was belonging to somebody else. And now as the steward, he wasn't taking care of it. He wasn't a good manager of it. And we find here where God says, if we are not faithful in little, we won't be faithful in much. You know, when we look at our, our, our resources and we think, well, my little doesn't matter, you're wrong. And God says, why would I give you more if you're not going to take care of the little that you have? And so 
as I look out this morning, I'm looking at people who could stand up here and teach this message. And they have lived it and they have proved it in their life. And there are people that are in this journey and this is all brand new, just hearing it for the first time. We have guests with us this morning. And they're thinking, man, that's exactly what I thought about all churches. They're just money-grubbing churches. And that's not the reality. But, but here, I want you just to see and to sense what God has for us in this area of our resources. Those are the steps of stewardship. Uh, Father, I do pray that you'd bless now. Give us wisdom and guidance. I pray that you would help all of us, myself and uh, those that have been saved for many years and have proved you faithful, those that have struggled in this area uh, of trust and faith. I pray that you would help them. Uh, Lord, help all of us just to grow this morning in this area called stewardship. And so bless now, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. You know, when you are going to grow and you're going to learn, there's several things, uh, questions uh, that you ask. If you're going to try to endeavor and to get involved in something, there's, there's questions that we have. And, uh, and you know, when we, uh, when we want to learn something, uh, one of the first questions is we've got we to gotta know what we are talking about. Uh, so the, uh, here in growing, uh, number one, I want you to see uh, knowing what. Knowing what? Knowing what? What is stewardship? You know, stewardship is not a term that is cast around just in normal conversation of life. It's not something that's taught uh, in school. Uh, it should be something that's taught in school. But uh, stewardship, what is stewardship? So let's look here, uh, Luke 16, verse number 1 and 2. He said also unto his disciples, there was a certain rich man which had a steward. Now, somebody that, that has possessions has somebody else to help manage them. And a steward is a manager. They are one that oversees. They are one that, uh, that, uh, that uh, guides and directs. And so this rich man, he had a steward. Uh, and the same, the steward was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship. So uh, uh, what? What is stewardship? The first thing, a steward is one who manages the affairs or resources of another. Steward is just somebody that manages something uh, that belongs to somebody else, whether it's a household, whether it is a business manager. We've got business owners that are in here this morning, and they will have, they will have uh, finance departments, and they will have HR departments, and there are different people that are, that are overseeing sections of that, uh, that uh, business. Uh, <clears throat> the business isn't theirs, but they are, they are guiding, they are managing, they are trying to make sure that everything is going according as the owner of the business would want it to go. Uh, so whether it's a household, whether it's a business, whether it's uh, your maybe financial investments, there are people that would be considered stewards. Uh, we would call them managers. 
But they, biblically, it's a steward. Uh, it's an individual that has been given the responsibility uh, to not only secure and save, but also to take uh, and grow what they have been given. Uh, Brother, Brother Tracy, a business owner, uh, he is uh, in his business when he hires somebody, he doesn't hire them just to keep it status quo. He's, he's wanting them to take what the, the, the uh, uh, business that is there and grow it and, and for it to continue to grow. Financially, uh, you have an investment advisor you know that investment advisor? You want them to grow what you have given them. Now, you didn't give it to them. It's not theirs. They are just managing it for you. They take and find out what your goals are. They take and find out what your risk uh, management is and, and where you are at and, and what you, your risk uh, uh, capability is or uh, how comfortable you are, uh, your risk comfort value there. Uh, they'll look at your age. They'll look at your uh, needs for the future and they try to put together a plan that will help you uh, in that investment strategy. So it would be a financial advisor. Uh, and so uh, what happens? You're, you're employing them to invest protect, grow that investment, that those uh, resources that belong to you. Now, they, they benefit from that process. They're not doing it for free. They're, they're going to get paid. And, and with that, uh, they get to uh, benefit from of it, but uh, benefit from that, but the resources don't belong to them. The resources belongs to the owner. So all of the trades, the moves, the investments, all of those are on behalf of the owner and for the owner's best interest. Go to Matthew chapter 25. Laying some groundwork here. Matthew chapter 25. All right, I'm doing good on time. I got another hour still. Just kidding. All right, Matthew chapter 25, look with me at verse 14. Matthew 25, 14. The Bible says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, and to every man according to his several ability and straightway took his journey. So now uh, here we have a man who, who has resources. He is leaving them to his servants. Uh, these servants are going to be stewards uh, because they are to manage what resources they were given. One was given five talents, another two talent, another one talent. So these servants were stewards. Now uh, as a believer, uh, the Bible tells us and teaches us uh, that we belong to him. We, we belong to him. Uh, as a child of God, we belong to God. But not only do we belong to God, everything that we have belongs to God. He, he is the rich man in the parable. He is the master in the, the parables that are teaching that he is the one that is giving 
to uh, these, these servants, and then they are to live with uh, and also uh, grow what they have been given. So uh, with this area of stewardship, uh, that means that I am a steward. I am a steward. And I am a steward not of my own belongings. I am a steward of God's belongings. Everything belongs to him. Uh, we, the Bible tells us that we are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in our body and our spirit, which are God's. Everything uh, in our life, it belongs to the Lord. And that, we see that all through Scripture. Uh, and I'm not going to take you there this morning. But first of all, in this area of stewardship, knowing what? I need, to know, uh, I need to know what stewardship is. And stewardship is just managing the resources that belong to someone else. Secondly, I need not only to know what, I need to know how. How? If I, am res- if I am a steward, I need to know what that steward is, and then I need to know how to be a steward. Isn't it amazing? God tells us. He tells us how to be a steward. Uh, there are several areas when we look at this stewardship, and we're talking about uh, resources uh, primarily this morning, and uh, the accumulation of resources, the, uh, the process that it comes. Uh, and so uh, with this, knowing how, uh, there are different stages in our stewardship. First of all, uh, I want you to see uh, that we are to secure uh, in resources. We we are uh, in, in a world that uh, if I'm going to be a good steward, I have to have something to steward. All right? Uh, take your Bibles. Go to First Thessalonians or 2 Thessalonians 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse number 10. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. And look with me at verse number 10. Parents especially, get a hold of this. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, the Bible says, For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. Now, doesn't that sound harsh? But that's God's plan. Now, as a believer, we are to be generous. But I should, I should not be forced to be generous. You know, welfare is forced gener- generosity. They take from somebody that has earned, worked and earned. And in most cases, they give it to somebody who has not. Now, I'm not talking about Social Security. I'm not talking about you put money in, you got money out. I, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about... People that would not work, not could not work. He said, if, if he's, he's talking about, he's, he said here, uh, he said, this we commanded you that if any would not work, neither should he eat. You know, hunger is a great motivator for work. It's a great motivator. Parents, make sure that you're teaching your children to work. If they get 
just for existing, you are not preparing them for real life. Nobody deserves for somebody else to pay their way. That's not God's plan. God says you don't work, you don't eat. I mentioned this the other day, uh, and then I heard some of our kids were listening. They, they went to their parents and said, did you hear pastor? Uh, and, uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, our kids are small. If they came to the table and they had not done their chores, there was no plate. And all three of my kids purchased homes in their mid-20s. And I'm not saying home ownership is, is the all for the world, but I'm telling you, they know how to work. They were taught how to work. And we're not doing our children a benefit when we just give them everything. We're supposed to be preparing them for life. We're to be preparing them for the life that they, they are to live, the life that God has given them. And prayerfully, God is going to give them a family and give you grandchildren and give you lots of opportunities. But how many parents are now raising their grandkids? Grandparents raising their grandkids. Why? Because parents are AWOL. And oftentimes it comes down to they took off and they didn't follow a good plan. And one of, one of the main teachers in just preparing your kids, work is huge. And so uh, we, we need to, uh, to secure. So if I'm going to be a, a steward, then I've got to make sure that I have something to steward. And with that, I need to secure. That means that I need to, to have income. And, and there is work available everywhere. Someone says, well, you know, I just, Pastor, I just can't find a job. Somebody's not looking. There's work everywhere with, with signing bonuses. It is it's unbelievable uh, with that. And so if, you're, if you are still in the workforce in this competitive market, uh, there, there, are, there are many opportunities to make changes to your situation. He's so, a pastor, right now we just we can't afford, we're, we're just struggling so much. You need to stop and look around. And maybe you need to add a job, or maybe you need to change a job. But if I'm going to be a steward, then I've got I've to be able to secure income. And it's God that gives us the ability to work. He said, without me, you can do nothing. Uh, so, so with that, in stewardship, I've got to secure resources. Secondly, we spend resources. Stewardship, the process of being a steward is spending. How many of you like that part? All right, the spending part, and, and that's the, the easy part. Uh, but uh, uh, someone once said, if your outgo, outgo exceeds your income, uh, your upkeep will be your downfall. Most problems are not income problems. Most problems are spending problems. 
we don't know how to say no. We don't know how to say no to our spouse. We don't know how to say no to ourselves. We don't know how to say no to our children. We've got, we've got to, if I'm going to be a steward, then I've got to figure out this area of spending. So, so how do I do that? I'm glad you asked. Get on a budget. A budget. Let's say that word together. You ready? Budget. Let's say that again. Budget. You know, it wasn't too hard, was it? There is a averseness to having a budget. People will say, well, you know, pastor, I know right where I'm on a budget. I know right where all my money went. No, that is not a budget. That is just tracking your expenses. A budget is a plan on how you are going to spend. Knowing where it went and knowing where you're going to put it are two different things. You know, people that just track their expenses don't know where it went. I've, I've dealt with this a long time. A lot of financial counseling. And people, oh yeah, I know exactly where every penny went. Okay, let's, let's go through that. Uh, there's a bunch of ATMs, there's a bunch of withdrawals, but have no idea what that was for. When you have a budget, you know where it's going because there's a plan. And you are, you are taking those resources that you have secured and now you are saying, okay, I am going to tell you where you are going to go. But Starbucks shows up and pizza and McDonald's Carlitos. So, but a budget is saying, this is what I'm going to do with these resources. And when you have a spending plan, you are telling that money that you are spent or you are being set aside for a bill that's coming. You know, Christmas happens every year. surprise but you know how many people are surprised and in debt because Christmas showed up and they weren't ready and so they pull out this credit card and they put themselves in financial problems and create stress for the next four months trying to figure out how they're going to pay for that toy that's already broken and in the dump Or pay for that stuff that you don't even know what it was anymore. You see, this thing about being a steward, it's not just that I get money and I give money away. This thing of being a steward is that I not only am I responsible to secure, I am also responsible to rightly spend, to use it uh, for the right purpose. Uh, Mrs. Brown and I, for over 30 years, we have been on a budget. I could not talk her out of being on a budget. 
There is security. You know, we pay our insurance once every six months. And I don't have to worry at that six-month period, oh no, is there enough money there? You know why? Because every week we put money into an account that goes towards that insurance. And my spending plan is, I'm not spending that money, it's already accounted for. And Starbucks isn't getting that money. Now, you say, well, what happens when prices change? You have to readjust your budget. I have been to Starbucks, I think, once this year. Now, with that, it's, and it's not, it's not Starbucks, it's five bucks or six bucks or seven bucks now. But what's happened? Well, the fuel prices went up, so the amount of money that was on the fuel page was not enough there. So we had to go back through and we had to readjust our budget. But that money had to come from somewhere. So it came from some of the disposable income. Now, coffee is on my budget, all right? I love my coffee. Uh, we went the other day, and we bought coffee. And we went down to Costco. I like the San Francisco uh, beans, so we go down, we get it, and, and we bought coffee. And you know what? It was in the budget. Praise the Lord. It was there. You know, there's nothing wrong with having some of these things if it's in the budget. If it's in that plan. So if I'm going to be a steward, then I've got to secure resources. I've got to have a spending plan. But not only do I need a spending plan, I need to have a savings plan. You need to have a savings plan. Your kids need to learn how to save. Teach them. Teach them. If every bit of money that comes into them goes right back out, they're going to be miserable because they're not going to know how to prepare for their future. My parents were so mean, they didn't buy me a car when I turned 16. You know what they said? Buy your own. And I knew it before I turned 16 that they weren't buying me a car. Now, is it is, am I saying that it's absolutely wrong to buy somebody? I'm just, no, but for me, I'm glad they didn't. Now, I didn't like it when I was 16. But I sure do now because they taught me some principles that you have to work for and you have to save and you have to prepare for things that matter in life. You know what? Uh, it caused me to appreciate the things that we have. We've got to save. You know, emergencies are going to come. A flat tire, a leaky faucet, somebody getting sick, furnace going out, an engine blowing, a transmission blowing. You need, you need to have a savings. This is not our savings. 
if this is what you depend on for your emergencies, Murphy is going to camp at your front door. Murphy's Law, whatever can go wrong will go wrong. You know what? He lives on the doorstep of those that don't follow good biblical financial principles. He said, everything always happens to me. Everything happens to everybody. Stoves go out, furnaces go out, engines go out, tires go out. Life happens to everybody. But for people who are not good stewards, it's always drama. It's always a stress. It's a stress because you've not prepared for it. See, I haven't even said anything about offerings. But this thing of stewardship, it impacts every aspect of our life. Uh, it will impact. We need to save. Uh, we, we, uh, I, have, uh, I have said for years uh, that you need to have an emergency fund. Uh, we we uh, purchased, the church purchased uh, uh, Ramsey Plus for everybody in the congregation. This last year, we purchased it for everybody. And with that, uh, there were tools that were given, tools that were available to help people get their resources in order. We held Financial Peace University classes. We've got another one that's getting ready to start on Wednesday. Brother Franklin, can you stand up real quick? Brother Franklin is going to be teaching it Wednesday night. Uh, it's not going to cost anybody a thing. Uh, we've put everything together. We've got everything ready. Uh, why? Because we want you to be able to have the resources, to be able to be the steward, to be able to enjoy the life God has given you. But if you don't take advantage of it, it's not going to help you. Knowledge without action is useless. Oh yeah, pastor, I know all that. Okay, but you're still in the same situation you've been in. Change it. Well, I can't do anything about it. That's a cop-out. I love you. And I mean that. You know why most pastors don't say anything about money? Is because they're afraid of how it will be received. And I am willing to tell you what I know will help you because it's going to help you. Now, some will walk out the doors this morning and say, oh yeah, just, just another one of those money-grubbing preachers. And that might be the case. But the reality is, these areas of stewardship, uh, things that we need to do, you need to save. Uh, you need to have an emergency fund. You need to have $1,000 set aside just for an emergency, just for right now. And then get, get yourself out of debt. Pay those credit cards off. Pay those credit cards off. Let me say it again. Pay those credit cards off. Do you know how many times people are refinancing the same credit card debt? Over and over and over again. They get in financial hardship. They refinance. Consolidate loans. 
and now they're two and three consolidations in, and they're still in as bad a shape as they were before, and any money that they saved on their payments, now they just go out and get more debt to add on to it. We've got to have a spending plan. We need to have a saving plan. So we've got to secure We've got to spend. If I'm going to be a good steward, I've got to uh, know what, uh, how to do that. So I've got to secure. I've got to I'll spend. I'll save. Uh, then I need to source. I need to source. Proverbs, or Psalm 24, 1. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Everything belongs to God. And as a steward then, I need to make sure that the resources that I'm using, I am using for his kingdom, not for my own kingdom. Now, it doesn't mean that we can't enjoy life. God is a great master. He he is a great owner. This rich man, this steward, these managers, uh, uh, these uh, these were uh, this individual was accused. The steward in our in our text, he was accused uh, because he wasn't using the resources that the master had given to him for the master's benefit. He wasted the the substance. You know, in today's market. Uh, an a- average financial investor. If you, if you do your own investing uh, and you do that online, you still pay for that, for that process. There's a, uh, anywhere between uh, 0.35% uh, charge on different uh, mutual funds, uh, up to about 0.75%. If you have a, a hybrid to where between you investing and having somebody else come and help you invest, uh, there's about a half percent to a one and a half percent cost for those investments. Uh, if you have a financial advisor, they are going to charge you between one and two percent of everything that you own. All that you have invested, you give that to them, and that first percent, that first 2%, it just goes to them. And anything that grows, they get that annually. Now, think about that. You would think for a financial advisor, they are getting 1% to 2%. You know, God is a great master. He doesn't say, I'll give you 2% and I want you to give me 98%. God says, I will let you keep 90% and you give me 10%. You know, you talk about 10% and people are like, whoa, what are you talking about? 10% of your income to God? He owns it all. And I'm the steward. And as a steward, I'm going to to use that resources that he has entrusted me with for him. And so so with that, instead of me giving God 90% and me keeping 10%, he says, no, you give me 10% and you keep 90%. Pretty amazing. You see, in God's economy, he pays his stewards a higher return. You know what you find out? You will will be better off 
giving God nine or ten percent than keeping the hundred percent. God says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. And I don't know how it all pencils out, but for all these years of being saved, I've seen God prove himself true over and over and over again. He said, I just don't know how it's going to work. Just trust God. Just trust God. And there are so many ways where God will, will meet those needs. Uh, Leviticus 27:30, all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. Malachi 3:10, bring ye all the tithes in the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith. The only place in the Bible where God says, prove me, put me to the test, is in the area of finances. And I put him to the test. And he's proved himself true over and over and over again. And so here uh, we see that uh, we need to, uh, the, the what of stewardship uh, is that I am a steward. I am a steward of uh, the how of stewardship. Uh, then the why of stewardship. Go back to Luke 16, 10. I'm done. Luke 16, 10. And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship. Christian, let me tell you something. One of these days, we're going to see him. It's not going to be by faith. It's going to be by sight. And we're going to come to a place where we take our last breath here and we're going to see the Lord There's a day of reckoning that's coming. The end of the year comes, and you know what every business does? They're crunching numbers. They're reconciling. They're trying to find out exactly where they are, uh, making sure they're making good decisions. This this, uh, steward, uh, there was a day the master came and said, give an account of thy stewardship. One day we're going to stand before the Lord, and we're going to give an account of the stewardship of our life. Not just the money, but our time, our talents, our treasure, our faithfulness to Him. There's going to be a day of accounting. The Lord talked to uh, some Pharisees and He he told them in Matthew, He he told them that, uh, uh, let's see here, uh, let me find my spot here. Uh, but he told them, uh, talking about the tithes, he said, you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin. These things ought ye to have done, but not to leave the other undone. And they had, they had given tithe over everything, but then they had omitted what the Lord said was some weightier matters of the law. And, you know, in our life, there's a day of reckoning coming. We're going to see him. You know, when I see the Savior, I want to make sure that I'm ready. I don't, I don't want to see him knowing that I've robbed him. I don't want to see him knowing that he gave me everything and I have wasted everything that he gave to me down here. I spent it all on things that don't matter. You see, stewardship 
the steps of stewardship. First step is just growing. No matter where we're at, we need to look at our, our areas of stewardship and make sure that we are growing in our faith. Stewardship is a faith issue. We need to know in that growing, knowing what, knowing how, knowing why. Stewardship. Now, let me ask you a question. When it comes to the stewardship of your soul, are you ready to meet the Savior? Do you know if you died today, you'd go to heaven? If you don't have that first step, that's the most important step than anybody will ever make, putting their faith in Christ. Stewardship of our soul. Are you ready? I hope so. Father, I pray that you'd bless. You know the needs of each heart. And Lord, I do pray that you'd help all of us as we look into our own life. And I pray that you'd help us to see our need. And, and Lord, there are people that have just been as faithful as can be. They have proved you. And uh, Lord, they have uh, been stewards that uh, have bring, brought great honor and glory to you. And, and I pray that you'd continue to bless them. There are others that are just trying to figure out where they're at in this step of growth. And uh, for some, it's just all new information. Others, it's, it's new information or information they've heard, but they've just not applied. And I pray that you would just help everybody to take a step of growth uh, in our stewardship. May we, may we be uh, more diligent in this area uh, of what you have given to us. And so help us, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. Let's stand together, heads bowed, eyes closed. I don't know what the need of your heart is. If you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, let me encourage you to come. Maybe you've been saved and you've not followed the Lord in believer's baptism. You come. Maybe you have not taken those steps of faith in your own personal stewardship financially. Maybe a husband and wife, you just need to take a, a, a step to the altar and trip to the altar and talk to the Lord about it. Let's, let's grow in this area of stewardship. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.